Hey kids, do you like soda? Yeah! Do you like YouTube shows about soda? Uh-huh. Kinda. You should check out Soda Discussions. It's on YouTube every Thursday where our friends Dan and Jeff talk about different soda types and see if they like them or not. It's Soda Discussions. Hey, hey, we're Jeff and Dan. You can hear us say things like, Wow! And, Huh? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Check us out every Thursday. Enjoy. So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. <laughs> I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Childish Gambino. My name is Jimmy, and I'm vehemently upset of the size of movie sections of department stores. My name is Dan, and I'm getting sick and tired of midnight releases being spoiled by the time I wake up. My name is Scratch and Mastermind, and I don't have any tattoos. What does any what? of that mean? <laughs> I use the same exact Wu-Tang name generator that nice. Donald Glover used. I, like I typed in my my name and I'm I'm scratching mastermind. So when we do that we're while we talk. Do you want me to send it to you guys? Sure. Yes. Okay, I'm going to send you that in Discord and then uh by the time I do, this episode will be over. <laughs> yes. That's fine. So hold on, let's see. The I'm going to type thing this you in. sent us in Discord was woke up in a puddle <laughs> of pee, so I'll Well, there's con there's there's context to that, Dan. No need for the context. So this name genuator uh, came out in 2002. This is the official one that he used to come up with Childish Gambino. Oh, that does not work. That's not a link that I can click. You can copy text, long press and copy text. I guess I can do that. Leave it to Jeff to always make things more difficult than they need to be. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you guys have the same technology that I have, and I figured it out in half of a second. Oh, I figured it out. It just could have been done much easier. Oh, mine's coming up as Discord message for some reason. When did I become Dan? Holy shit. Yeah, I was the only one that didn't have any Discord problems today after being berated for using... name. I typed my first and last name, Me too. and I came up with Scratch and Mastermind. I am Erratic Samurai. Oh, it's so much better than mine. I'm Wacko Specialist. What is it, Jim? (laughs) Wacko Specialist. Mine is spelled oddly, like it's E-R-A-T-I-C. E-Radic Samurai. I just entered it again, and it just comes up with different shit. It doesn't even matter. Now I'm Arrogant Ambassador. Let me try Daniel. Guys, let's um, let's screenshot these, and we can tweet them out later. Ooh, my full name goes out to Quiet Ninja. I actually like that better. Oh, I like Wacko Specialist. (laughs) 
All right. So did we say what this episode oh, is? Oh, wait. Child- no, I am scratching Mastermind. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Scratching at Mastermind. Nice. So we're talking yeah, about we Childish said. Gambino. This is the second episode of our Donald Glover mini series. We're just going to gloss over all our fun facts. <laughs> I just. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait. Oh, no. We didn't say ours. So do it, Jeff. No, I I did say mine. I was just I thought it was I thought Jimmy's was funny because I don't think he used the word vehemently correctly. Oh, did I? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy said that it's gotten smaller. Yeah, it's too small now. It's too darn small, dude. There was a time when nobody likes physical oh, media. The the HD wars were just starting, right? Like Blu-ray and HD DVD, <laughs> and Best Buy had like one of the best meticulously organized sections of home media. <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever that's it's supposed to be wars all right although i will say i think the best selection of movies besides fye because i think fye is still okay but they don't have a really good selection of um 4k blu-rays but i will say um Best Buy, I believe, has the best section of Blu-rays slash 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, but what that's, I was getting at is that they just they used to have it separated by type of media. So you'd have Blu-rays by itself, yep. DVDs by itself, and then you would have it just all alphabetical, right? I mean, it was a huge section, but everything is alphabetical. And then they now started breaking it up into different uh, different genres, and then they mix all the formats together. It's yeah. it, it's a mess. Best Buy, it's terrible. I'm still a, yeah. a fan of physical media. I think it should exist. I don't think everything should be digital only. Uh, but yeah, they I they agree. all stink. I I always held firm that uh, movies that were most important to me, I owned physical copies of just in case. Uh, and then, uh, as I spoke about in a previous episode, I started logging them all. And apparently, I have 476 movies that are important to me. that's pretty funny but yeah i was at target yesterday and i was just i was very upset of the fact that there was just like not a lot of movies there anymore i did however find the 4k release of um who framed roger rabbit so i did pick that up that's cool yeah and mine was just about uh episodes of the book of boba fett that were released at midnight and in the morning there was an article on Nerdist that literally spoiled the entire thing by 8 a.m. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't watched the entire show and I already know everything that happened. So, yeah, I'm like, really? Like, I'm not a huge I'm OK with spoilers if I choose to access them. But to have that just thrust in my face and they, they used to give you a couple days. Now it's down to like yeah. four hours. Dude, it's pretty crazy because like the first four episodes, I didn't watch the first day and I forgot that they aired and I saw no spoilers at all. Like people just didn't give a shit. And then episode five, like I, I watched it, it came out and I was like, oh, that was good. But I still wasn't spoiled. Episode six, which is getting all these crazy spoilers. I watched it around like, I don't know, 2 p.m. I was at. I was at work and I just like had it on my phone um, and I'm watching it, but I wasn't spoiled. And I'm shocked that like I'm all over every kind of nerdy shit and I still saw no spoilers for that crazy episode. But yeah, I mean, like it's in the zeitgeist. It, it's, yeah. if, if you're not watching it by noon, don't go on social media. That's what I have to do with Doctor Who because I follow so much Doctor Who stuff that like when a new episode right. comes out, I can't use Twitter, Instagram, Facebook because you will just see something. Even if it's a meme, you'll see well, even something. Like, even if I'm trying to avoid spoilers, you get like semi-spoilers just by looking at like what's trending on Twitter. There'll just be a character name and you're like, great, I, I guess that's important for a yeah, reason. Th- that's what I said. Like you just don't go on. 
Yeah, I'm not on social media right now, and I'm still getting spoiled because of freaking TikTok. TikTok yeah. is just for some That's reason. Social media. TikTok was like, oh, I'm I'm on Star Wars TikTok now, which I'm fine with. I think that's cool, but so um, yeah. I also I got spoiled on episode five stuff. Episode six, I didn't go on social media, and at 10 a.m. that morning, my uncle called me and he goes why is this character on the book of boba fett and i'm like cool <laughs> cool that's really cool what you just did there well yeah that's <laughs> shitty of him that's real <laughs> shitty <laughs> Okay, fellas, it's your boy Erratic Samurai here checking in <laughs> with a segment we do each week called Talking Ourselves Into. The Toy Boys are back at it again. Uh, we're going to spend a little time talking about what we've been into this past week or weeks. Not big enough for a whole episode, but just, you know, sharing our lives with each other. Our lives yeah, with each yeah, other. yeah, yeah. And if you don't like it, skip ahead. Uh, but this week, I've been talking myself into purging some of my record collection oh okay. you've talked about this before this mm -hmm. is something i'm hesitant to do but as my shelves start to fill and become more and more crowded and my bank account gets smaller and smaller <laughs> i finally one day was like let me go through these records you know very softly meaning like i'm not going to try to like cut out half my record collection I'm only going to part with things that I honestly do not listen to. Yeah, I've done that. Dan, you were with me when I did that once. Yeah, so I pulled out, I don't know, maybe like 10 albums and like 20 CDs. And I brought them to... This guy uh, owns CDs. What's that? You own CDs. You're old. So I, I purged most of my CDs like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And this time I went through and I was like, I'm getting rid of everything that is available on like streaming music. Right. So the only CDs I own now are for like bands that I was in when I was 14 and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I took a box down to Red Score Records. Uh, they purchased all of the albums except for like one that, that I got at a flea market that was scratched. And they purchased like two of the CDs. And so I have a whole box of CDs to donate to Goodwill. But uh, yeah, it felt good. I got a little bit of money, actually more money than I was expecting. Nice. Um, I, I took some of it in cash and some for store credit. And I used that store credit to pick up the Bo Burnham album inside, which I've wanted for a while. What, what records did you purge? Let's list them. I got rid of two albums by a band, um, The Head and the Heart, which I just don't ever listen to. I, I bought them at the same time because I liked like two songs and it was it was like a bad, bad choice to make. I also <laughs> got rid of uh, a couple albums that I had double dipped on. Like um, I owned the first two Gang of Four albums, but then I bought the Gang of Four box set that had a nicer remastered copy of those albums. So I got rid of those. Um, oh, I don't have any Gang of Four. I wish you asked me. Sorry, Jim. I thought you had. Dan, you are the worst cuz friend of all time. I kind of made this decision on a whim, though. Like, I did it and then just immediately, like, got in the car and drove to Red Scroll. I was afraid yeah, that if I thought you gotta about do it too that. much. Yeah, I was afraid that if I thought about it too much, I would be like, well, maybe I should just keep them. So, yeah, I just worked. I'm, I I made a gut decision, and I, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I decided. Hmm. Jim, what are you talking yourself into? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I've been talking myself into a new thing that we've been doing at my job. Um, if people don't know, I work in an advertisement company uh, doing video editing and stuff. But uh, we're, we're all trying to <laughs> we're all trying to improve our skills. So we've been talking ourselves into doing a book club. Um, basically, we're going to be looking at like basically textbooks, and we're going to be reading the book front to back. And we are going to be giving presentations on each of the books. So each of us can be learning a new topic, but we're also learning, like we're basically becoming experts in the topic and then like teaching our wares or uh, teaching everything that we know about it to everybody else. So everybody gains the knowledge as well. So um, yeah, that's what I've been kind of talking myself into. I haven't started the book yet, but I do have it in my, p- my possession and I'm going to be starting it this week. Jimmy, I need and, a little um, clarification. Yes. These topics that you're studying and presenting, are they related to your field or are you just yep. like studying chemistry? Nope. It's related to our field. We're all trying to become better at what we do. So it's all stuff that's uh, related to it. So I've been, um, I'm going to be reading a book about graphic design. That's going to be my, uh, my last job now. was, was really bad and they paid poorly and it was a terrible company. One of the few perks was that we had a book club and I say it's a perk because even though the books were about usually about business and becoming like better at all that shit, some of it was very dry and just like, here are facts for 400 pages and you don't read mm-hmm. it and then you just go. But the perk was that you got to leave work for a few hours and eat at a restaurant, uh, that was good. That was paid for and hang out with people that you mostly like, um, nice. But yeah, I mean, you're in a field that you like, which is like video editing. Um, Being in a field of like where every department was just like together is mostly just like super generic business stuff and like how to be positive and like make the sale. Um, Awful books, terrible books, hated them. (laughs) I don't think anybody really read them. And depending on what group you were in, you could kind of tell how much you needed to read based on who was leading it. But yeah, uh, workbook clubs. Cool. Yeah, we're we're very cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to read this graphic design book. Like other people are doing a lot of other stuff too, just about like filmmaking and like editing. And I'm excited to to dive into some of the other books too. But uh, so Jim, yeah, you could yeah. say that you want to be the very best. Like no one ever, like no was. one ever was. Yeah, to, to catch, catch them those is books my real is test. your real test. To train your coworkers is your cause. Right. Correct. Thank you. Thank you, cool. Daniel. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? It's part two of a talking myself into from a couple years ago, everybody <gasps> talked myself <laughs> for the deep fans. For, yeah. I, at one deep point, feet. one of my, one of my talking myself into was deep frying. And I've been talking oh. myself into through my life air frying. She wanted one. Hell so she yeah. bought one. And, uh, the reason why I think it's better is because there's no smell. Right. Like deep frying is stinky. And like I had a headache last time I deep fried and then I deep fried. I'm like, oh, I have to smell (laughs) that until it goes away. I've told you this. Oh, you're not. (laughs) Oh, man. There was a a movie. I think it was maybe it was Toxic Avenger when they like put the guy's head in the oil and then like his head was deep fried. It was pretty cool. It was like eyes were melting out of his head. Anyway, air frying. You can't do that. I don't know. It's it's a little bit healthier. Like we can give the baby stuff like I'm not going to give her deep fried stuff, but air frying, you know, it's like 
there's no smell it's just as easy some stuff might not be as tasty yeah but it's better for you so like we still have a deep fryer like i might use it for something but so far everything i've air fried is is fine like we did quesadillas in the air fryer it would have been better on a pan but like you're not gonna deep fry a quesadilla you know what i mean it's just it's fine air frying everybody's doing it (laughs) so am i Okay, fellas, this week we're continuing on. It's our second episode of our Donald Glover miniseries. We hope you'll love the last one where we talked about his stand-up special, Weirdo. If you didn't hear it, go back and check it out. We explain in depth what these miniseries are, but uh, basically every month or so, we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into one overall topic. And as I mentioned before, Right now, we're in the heart, in the thick of it with Donald Glover this week. Into the thick of it. Yeah. We're talking about his musical projects released under the name Childish Gambino. Uh, His first album was released in 2013 uh, because the internet. Guys, what is your level of familiarity with Childish Gambino? Yeah, I know some of it. What I've heard is fine. Yeah, I mean, I I Jordan do really Sweet. like um I do really like Childish Gambino stuff. I've been listening for years. Um, I remember when that song Bonfire came out that got really popular. Um, obviously, This Is America was a cultural phenomenon. Yep. Um, I like the song Sweatpants. Mm. So um, I think we're yeah, kind of, I'm excited. I think we're kind of all in the same place because I'm right along there with you, which is like. What we like, we've enjoyed. We know a few songs, but none of us have really taken the time to dive deeply into his, like, discography. Right. So, Dan, who's coming up with this playlist? So, Jeff, I'm glad you asked that. Jimmy and I were talking about this a little bit off mic. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go through some pre-made Spotify playlists that Spotify users have made and choose a few that seem like, um, you know, they fit what we're looking for, which is that... They're in somewhat chronological order. They cover, you know, the whole course of his career. They have some of the songs that we're familiar with, some of the big hits. And also, his first album uh, came out in 2011, and it's called Camp. Oh, well, mm-hmm. Spotify is not highlighting that one for some reason. I'm reading his his biography on Spotify, but either way, um, I guess maybe they just mean he, he refined his off-kilter brand of hip-hop in 2015. <laughs> is what they say so i guess they're just calling out because the internet because it was a big uh big breakthrough album but uh anyway so so we're gonna pull a few playlists out and then show them to friends or family of ours who are you know bigger childish gambino fans and get their input on what works if things need to be added or removed things like that so we're gonna sort of crowdsource this playlist and uh yeah uh, when we come back, we're going to have listened to some more Childish Gambino and let you know if all of us were talked into it. By the way, my daughter's name is Tough Bastard. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hey 
guys today we're talking about donald glover aka childish gambino his music project okay fellas yeah we, we listen, listen to, to a, a playlist, playlist. Oh, oh we're doing it. we're finishing each other off <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so did we talk in the first half about how we got this playlist no we, we said that we had ideas yeah but uh, you sent this to us very late in the two-week gap blame jimmy i was waiting on a response from jimmy jimmy asked me about it you son you of a gun it. i did you guys are both i sent you a guns. text message it and doesn't matter reply, so you're like hey what do you think about this okay we jimmy all listen to, to be reminded twice for everything apparently yeah i'm a busy man so this playlist We're breaking apart a family I, i'm not comfortable <laughs> with this this playlist started out as one that was made uh on spotify i'm not going to give a shout out to the person number one because i don't remember but also because i changed it a lot um i took that split playlist as a basis i read a couple like what are the best childish gambino song listicles threw yeah. some of those on there um then i sent it out to jimmy and my sister for comments because jimmy said he had a friend who was a childish gambino yeah, fan never very very he never did that very yeah. convoluted anyways we, we wound up with this playlist only reason i'm saying this is because i don't want someone listening to this to go you guys effed up this is a dumb playlist there's way better songs yeah i mean we did I, our best i knew that i knew that going this is not dan's playlist right. this is just like an amalgam of what yeah. I think to be the most important. This is a very Dan like playlist in that there are many songs per album, which isn't the Jeff style. Again, but I, I yeah. didn't do that overall little long. I agree. Let, yeah. Let's get into it. It's hard, though, when like people keep mentioning songs over and over and you're like, this must be important. I should add it. We get into the playlist with freaks and geeks. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of what I think of when I hear Childish Gambino, which is interesting when I like hear the name Childish Gambino, which is interesting because this style covers a very small time period of his career. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because that's also what I think of when I think. Right. Of Me too. Gambino. In fact, I took notes for the first two songs because they're so similar. Right. I took them together because, you know, they are similar to the detriment of Donald Glover, I think. Now, mind you, these may have been released years apart on different mixtapes and stuff i don't know but they sound very similar uh we're talking about freaks and geeks and bonfire yeah so what i got similar. what i got from both of these songs is that there's very good wordplay yep oh very yeah. good clever puns. very clever there is a, a triple entendre yeah minority report mm. yep there is this is what i like about hip-hop one of the things that i really like Me about hip-hop is that it's very close to comedy stand-up comedy it sketch is, yeah. comedy mixed with poetry what, yeah we talked about this with little dicky too yep and the the difference with little dicky though is where little dicky can be serious overall yeah. he got there by being funny so yeah. his his is more comedy right then mm. well i mean well the, it, he, i agree his, with where he you're blurs going the line but i think the reason why it feels more comedic is because it's clear with little dicky's persona that it's satire yes in other right. words he he may believe earnestly that he's the best rapper, but he doesn't believe he's the most sexually attractive, the most right. powerful, the most right. rich. But he backs it up with actually having good flow bars. Yeah. 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 Um, Whereas the Donald Glover stuff is funny because he's clever and he's turning a phrase, but he is truly braggadocious. It's not satire. He's like, it's not satire, but it feels like a pastiche, but not necessarily intentionally. 
It feels like we, we just talked about his his special weirdo last yeah. week. You'll listen to that episode. We were not talked into it. We had opinions on it. But a lot of this feels like he likes rap. Yeah. So he's making rap that he likes or he's just influenced by different aspects of different genres in putting them together. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. So fully agree with your statement regarding this period of his yes. career. To me, these two songs in particular, I'll even go one step further and say that there's like reference points to specific rappers. To me, mm. these first two songs could be Lil Wayne songs. Yeah, there's, Similar, there's yeah. one the flow, the use yeah. of like the trap snare beat. Uh, I mean, another thing we didn't really talk about in the first half that became like crystal clear listening to this playlist is Ludwig Goranson produces most of his songs. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you because I know pretty sick. Yeah, it is. I don't I figured you would do more research because later <laughs> on there's there more research than me, which I did. Oh, zero. OK, I see. I don't mean. know if he produces or if he has a producer or if it's just when you say whoever. he you mean donald glover donald glover i would Meaning say 95 percent of these beats are ludwig Goranson. okay because that's definitely the best part which about if you're listening to this and you don't know who that is boy. it's the mandalorian it's the book of boba fett well, he did the, black panther he did the theme for boba fett i don't think he did the actual score the boba boba <laughs> yeah yeah still haven't watched it <laughs> Watch episode five and six, and that's it. Yeah, four, five, whatever. and six. No, five and six. <laughs> you don't want to see the guy. The guy is episode five and six. No, you're wrong. Oh yeah, there's seven episodes total. You My dumb bastard. You <laughs> dumb bastard. Episode seven is worthwhile too. I mean, it's kind of episode dumb, seven is very fine. dumb. I'll watch it. It's fun. Not late. worth it. I mean, guys, Ludwig Gorenson though, he's great. Yeah, he's he great. loved his work in Black Panther too. What's interesting is you can hear some of those stuff, especially Black Panther stuff. I didn't know that. In the Childish Gambino stuff that's coming around in the same time. I can um, hear that, yeah. Like his use of like traditional like African instrumentation, like these mm-hmm. weird uh, wood flutes and like kettle drum things. So yeah, I mean, early on though, I did do some more research than you, Jeff. Okay. I, I learned that uh, Donald Glover met Ludwig Goranson um, way back in the day uh at a party where Ludwin Gorenson was in film school and his roommate was friends with Donald Glover so he was like going to school to score films and TV shows but was like hey i make trap beats also <laughs> and Donald Glover was like that's dope let's make music and they've been together ever since that's actually pretty Crazy. cool cuz Heart- there's a few of songs on here that are other producers heartbeat but- this sounds more like more like his transition to radio friendly play Mm. and it's okay it's like a dated daft punk-esque beat um when i was listening to this yeah i was listening to this cleaning my kitchen and my wife i've walked in and she's like this sounds like something i would listen to and i was like it's for talk me into and she's like i figured you want to be listening to this on your own and i was like (laughs) what do you mean i listen to a lot of stuff yeah so this actually like jeff called it a transition i actually like that because to me this feels like a bridge between the hardcore like very fast clever aggressive rap Mm. and then where he ends up being which is like r&b yeah um but it's also the same album yeah like it's just those influences are starting to bleed into his music and i like it um i think some of the lyrics in the court like the chorus is dumb I want Very you dumb. to know that I am ready to go, but it's also super catchy, so I can yeah. forgive that. But the verses are really smart still, and like if you really break down, like especially 
the last third of this song what it's about i love that it's like sort of a takedown of like what i would call like hanging out culture like people don't date like they used to and like make it official and go steady and stuff so it's this idea of like what are we like are we just hanging out are we like hooking up are we dating i i thought that was a clever spin on the traditional like romantic song trope yeah this that this song was fire <laughs> like i really did like it i love the the bass and the daft punk thing is a good call yeah, out and i think jimmy connects for with me. that yeah definitely up more up my alley backpackers uh i don't i can't picture it right now i wrote down that i had a simple beat um lyrically he talks a lot about race and sex which is fine because it's hip-hop it doesn't feel genuine just knowing especially after watching weirdo knowing his background it feels like a facade like he's imitating rappers which is also fine everything doesn't have to be autobiographical like my one of my favorite things about hip-hop is that just like any other genre like folk i like when things are honest and autobiographical or more like a folk song like they tell a story so i'm fine with that but it, it just doesn't feel genuine or like he's doing a good job and in this song like dan mentioned he sounds like he's doing imitations of people his his cadence in this song goes between like eminem cypress hill and beastie boys it it still feels like he's trying to find his style i think you're narrowing in on something that's very stylistic about this song but you're sort of like missing the forest through the trees which is that like sure there's the braggadocia that's in all these songs about like his sexual prowess and and his money and and all this stuff his fame but for me the real apex of this song is the stuff that's autobiographical like the song is called backpackers you guys know about the the history of the term backpack rappers no all that stuff so backpack rap is a subgenre that was like basically created by people making fun of it which backpack rap are like autobiographical introspective intelligent rappers basically like early kanye early little wayne uh mm-hmm. donald glover like nerdcore rap stuff like early that. little wayne <clears throat> i don't know said like seven words that's early little wayne i i don't listen to a lot but this is what the internet tells me but yeah early little Wayne's i definitely little would sucks. classify like donald glover into that category and uh so he's basically like critiquing the critiques against him which is that he's too quote unquote white to be a rapper yeah that he's putting on a black persona when he raps um i definitely did like that aspect of the song like i thought the song was fine i didn't like love it but yeah it's it's the beat is interesting uh goranson is using like some non-traditional things as percussion like i don't know what they are but they sound like some like household object shit mixed into the beat which i thought was cool uh les is the next song which stands for lower east side Mm -hmm. does it because it's not all capital i thought it was i know either less named after somebody or les because he talks about girls and no it's for sure about the lower east side okay so this one is the the strings it sounds like that song willy wonka imagination pure imagination yeah that, i didn't catch it sounds that. like that listen to it again um other than that i don't like the song at all i wouldn't listen to it again i think you're not delving deeply enough into some of these lyrics i don't the reason why it's <laughs> the reason why it's the lower east side is because it's about dudes who act smart to pick up hipster chicks which i thought was a really funny concept that's fine it doesn't mean i'm gonna listen to it again 
I'm not forcing you to. No, I know. I'm just saying. That's. Can I say what I thought about it? Which no, because you that... attacked me in my opinion. I attacked Dan. you. Um, I didn't listen to the lyrics in this, I, to be honest with you. Each verse is just about him talking about like how he puts on a fake persona to pick up a hipster chick. And then the chorus is. Oh, yeah, that one. Maybe you're yeah. the baddest chick. That's the song. Like, yeah. that was. It's catchy. I thought the chorus was kind of dumb, but the verses were interesting. That's kind of about a lot of this. This this song was more like a story. He was telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really love this one. I thought it was fine, but it's it's it wasn't really that much of a vibe. What'd you think about the next one, kids? I think it's more of a vibe, but I think the content isn't as great. No, I don't like it at all. I think the song's really boring, and his flow is super weak. Like the weakest his flow has been in this playlist so far. The beat is sick, though, with the little kid xylophone. Bing, bing, bing. I mean, it's it's interesting, I, but it's boring. I liked it a lot, actually. <laughs> I, I thought the I song was it. really good. I had problems with it, but... Um, I thought the chorus was really catchy. Yeah, I also think that's a cool idea of, like, someone that you dated when you were younger and you thought you'd be together, but as you grow older, you have less and less in common. Yeah, exactly. Um, one there. thing, like, yeah... One thing that like stands out to me, not particularly in this song, but just like because it's like the fourth time I noticed it in this playlist is he really fetishizes Asian women. <laughs> yeah, he does yeah. do that a lot. There's like out of these seven or six songs, like four of them have call outs <laughs> to how he likes Asian women. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Google, is this a thing? And everyone on the Internet is like, why does Donald Glover fetishize Asian <laughs> women so much? Yeah. Um, not cool. No. Um, crawl. Jeff, any thoughts on this one? Do you want me to just read my notes? I don't know. There is nothing about this song I like. Um, this is supposed to be a big song from him. Well, I hate it. Um, (laughs) the music is annoying. His flow is all right. It's pretty decent, but the entire song just graded on me. I didn't even listen to it a second time. I heard it once and I was like, I'm not listening to this again. I like the bass drop. I thought that was pretty good, but that was pretty much it. I also didn't love this song. Yeah. A lot of people rave about it being important for him, but I thought it was like fine. I thought yeah. the lyrics yeah. were like interesting, but didn't really have a lot to say. It was just more like clever puns and wordplay schemes. Right. Um, World Star. This one is a little bit better. It's more like... Like you mentioned early Little Wayne before. It's not early Little Wayne, but Little Wayne is known for popularizing mumble rap. Mm. And this is more of a mumble rappy cadence that he has than his first few songs that yeah. like as a rapper, what I liked about him. The song it's got a much slower tempo, it's more bassy, and in the second half is kind of just like these jazzy horns which is another transition in his musical career to where he ends up there is a very clear but slow progression from i'm a rapper to i'm making r&b music and this is one of those focal points for me i agree but i also would say that um it's interesting that he's primarily known as like an actor or a comedic actor because throughout this playlist and throughout he gets his career, more serious musically well not or only that's funny not only that but he also completely changes his delivery so like yeah he doesn't have a signature sound it's not that's like what could, i'm saying because he's just i don't want to say he's fake but it comes off as you that. you think he's like doing imitations of rappers imitations or, or just things he likes like when we talk about music we don't talk a lot about hip-hop on this show even though we all like different aspects of hip-hop mm-hmm. but it seems like 
it's almost like he's a cover band. I don't I don't know how to say it. I guess I mean, you're like, going. So we haven't talked about Rancid on the show. Jimmy might not be familiar at all. Dan and I love Rancid. They're a punk band, but they're heavily influenced by reggae, by ska, which are, you know, derivative of each other. Ska's derivative of reggae. They've changed their style over the years and they flowed within this like this, this pie chart of several styles. But they pull it off and they seem legitimate and honest about it. This doesn't really. This just seems like here's music I like. I'm going to try to make it. I kind of agree with, with you as far as delivery, but yeah. I think he makes up for it in content, especially later on. We're going to get into. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just what I've noticed so far. I think this World Star song is interesting. What he has to say is basically like this. The song could be condensed down to the short version is like, um, we're more fascinated with watching like black people fight each other right than mm. black people being taken advantage of and ab- and abused by people of power yeah um which is like a harsh criticism but valid i would say like just looking at the success of world star at that time well, this also came out when world star was like, like the shit yeah in fairness it's very funny to see people punch each other sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just tough that world star made its money and its reputation on like primarily black people and like yeah stuff like that but yeah. i like the integration of the world star chant that like went viral as part of the beat yeah but that was cool the worst guys with chance the rapper so i think the song's pretty generic but it's not bad it's not a bad rap it's just that there's nothing that stands out, right? Like we've heard about Childish Gambino and how people hold his music on a pedestal. And I don't think that it stands, this song stands up to the hype, but there are, he does have a few decent bars in here. So does Chance the Rapper. Chance is pretty good too. From yeah. what I've heard, yeah, I don't yeah. know much about him. Same here. Um, and towards the end, there's it's almost like a lo-fi thing that he's got going on before that really became a thing. There's a lot of like ambient, like non-musical sounds yeah. in the background. And there's a guitar solo, which kind of rips. Mm. It's it's a it's a strange second half of the song. Yeah, I mean, I like um I like everything that you were talking about. It is a little trancey for my like. Like I, I don't mind like trance music, but like I have to be really in the mindset for it, or just like having in a specific playlist. I agree with you with the ambient nature of it. Yeah, but I think there's enough of a strong beat that it holds it together. Mm. I I think this song's a bop personally. Like. Does it have a lot to say? No, it's more about just like clever bars and rhyme schemes and stuff it like is, that. Yeah, yeah there, there were like two bars in there that he had that were really good. What I like is that they built the song around an ad lib. Like I looked into mm. um, the lyrics and basically like Ludwig Gorenson said that like a lot of the ways that Childish Gambino starts writing his lyrics are by hearing a beat and like spitting out stuff that just comes to his head now maybe that's not all kept but it can inspire where the right. song's gonna go so the chorus in here the all she needed was some all she wanted was some that's what came out like literally as he was listening to it the first yeah. time and it sort of pushed the song into this topic of like guys who think they know what women want or need but don't right. really but even musically i like that play between um the vocals and the music because with any genre of music people write differently with rap some people probably i'm i'm sure a lot of rappers 
write the music with either just like you know a steady beat in mind you mean write like the lyrics me- right, i'm sorry write the lyrics with like yeah. kind of like a metronome in their head mm-hmm. and i'm sure some hear a beat something comes to them but i like when the two are married There's together more of an integration yeah and when when you have like a really good rapper like twisted or something or not twisted twisted is icp uh twista <laughs> um he <laughs> this is so dumb sorry jim this is like so white boy rapper but travis barker came out with an album but yeah. there's there's one really good song on there with uh twist and buster rhymes and twisted he has this one part when he's like with the rhythm of the kick drum and the da 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 and then travis barker like backs it up with snare yeah. so you're just flowing in this song and then both of them at the same time skip together yeah, and it sounds yeah, really cool. cool and that's kind of what dan's talking about how like da 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 and that's yeah. what he heard and what they put together. Right. So it, it's cool when the two meet together. Well, and, and I think that also things that also speaks to like the cool partnership between Donald Glover and Ludwig Goranson. Yeah. Like, yeah. Working together for years. They have a comfort level of that. Um, Telegraph Avenue in parentheses, Oakland. Uh, I like this one. Um, this one is like sort of plays up the dichotomy of like wanting to be like a cool tough rapper persona but also like hey i'm I'm feeling things <laughs> and i want to talk about them like there's a mm. there's an honesty and like a vulnerability to this track that i really appreciate i think it comes through in the music too um i also like this idea of like a new relationship rationally you know that you should probably take it slow but like when you're both feeling things it's it's like a wave crashing. Like you just want to keep going, keep pushing it, move further and further. Dan, you had mentioned when we started the segment that you did not make the playlist. Yeah. Had you known everything you know about childish Gambino now without saying if you're a yes or a no, would you have included this song on the playlist? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not my least favorite song on this playlist, but it's not my favorite. I'd put it like middling. This is nap making music. This is a total snoozer. (laughs) I would... I hate this song. I would never listen to it again. See, I like the beat a lot. It reminds me of like what Gorenson so was going to do in Black Panther. It doesn't. It's not like a song I want to listen to. Do you have thoughts on this one, Jim? I thought it was okay. I, a lot <laughs> I of the songs. Okay. Yeah. A lot of once we get kind of later in his career, a lot of the songs kind of start off a little boring and then get better towards the end of the song. Mm. Um, that's what I kind of feel about the latter half of the career of Childish Gambino, but. This was like one of the first ones that I kind of noticed it. I think the next song is a big song for him. Sweatpants. So yeah. this is the song that I knew and I was like, put this on here on the playlist. I mean, I know a few songs, but this is by far my favorite song. When I think of Childish Gambino, I thought that it would be more like this. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing song. Like the beat is great. It is really the, good. The tempo, just the way that they like it gets higher and lower with all this energy. It's super punny, super funny. The video is actually really good too. Um, yeah, this is by far my favorite Childish Gambino song. Oh, Still, interesting. that is interesting to me. I agree with you fully. Like that, the flow and everything is really good. The lyrics are really smart. The beat is good. It's autobiographical. To more autobiographical. I guess more honest. I don't love how like cocky he comes off in it. Um, some people online are saying that there's like a series of these songs that. He actually says that they're like an exaggerated version of himself that he calls the boy. And I guess in other <laughs> references, he makes but like it's this idea of like a privileged rich kid who could do whatever he wants type, right. type right. of vibe. But I found that 
refreshing be refreshing because in weirdo he doesn't say that he's rich or his family's well off but he doesn't lie about it he didn't grow up in poverty like his family was like adopting Middle and fostering kids yeah. so like they had they they were stable enough to where his family could take care of him and his brothers his biological brothers and help other families in need so yeah, this comes off as more honest. And I did know that about him. Like the same thing with like Kanye. He grew up middle class, but he plays it off like he's not. Yeah. I mean, Kanye's a huge piece of shit. I've always hated him. <laughs> um, as a human being, he's just garbage. But you know who doesn't hate him? Donald Glover, because there's a lot of Kanye yeah, influence stuff. There on is. It. There is. Yeah. And even in the special, he talks about how he loves Kanye, but not more than Kanye loves Kanye. Um, yeah, True. no, this this song's great. I love I'd rather song. hear Childish Gambino do Kanye than listen to Kanye. <laughs> I'd rather hear anything than Kanye. He's <laughs> such a piece of shit. And I've been on this train since 2003. I know so. you're not new to this. I yeah. miss the old Kanye. Jesus um, walks. Yeah. Even before that. Yeah. I, I, I think the first time I really hated him, I heard an interview with him with like Wendy Williams. And he was just like, I care more about fashion and music. And I was like, what a poser. And that's the worst thing he did at that time. But then he said that George Bush doesn't like black people. And I was like, oh, are you trying to pull me back in? Because I like that. Um, also, like, now is a great time to admit, like, we like some hip hop, but we are not experts. And no, if you're listening, no, no, not at all. Guys that listen to hardcore music. If you're listening to this episode going, these guys don't know what the f Sorry, Jim. What the F they're. If wow, you, yeah. Dan just dropped an F-bomb so hard that Jimmy stopped the track. He's like, back drop the track. Uh, yeah, so take this all with a grain of salt. These are just our opinions. Uh, I mean, we know we know more than most people, I would say. Don't agree with that. I would say I do. More than most people I know. Oh, White I people. <laughs> um, 3005, this is another big song. This is one that I knew, and I enjoy this song a lot. It's not breaking any. This reminds minds. me kind of like heartbeat, not kind of not Similar, musically yeah. or sonically, but just like it's. This is his trend towards like radio friendly pop songs. This is definitely a. Love you two three thousand and five. Yeah, I think out of his like pop, uh, sort of like R and B, uh, sort of like phase. I think this is the best song. Yeah, it's good, and it's almost a three thousand and late. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, there's there's like some cool. On the surface, it is what it is. It's like a love song, but there's some cool, like little buried existential dread of the future in these yeah. lyrics. That's fun. Um, Plus I think apparently there's like a secret chorus too and stuff that he did with this yeah, song. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was it's reading weird. up on that. He he gets really into like the way he releases things. Yeah, and using like social media and his web presence to his advantage. So there's like weird alternate takes and different versions. I think all that stuff's cool. Yeah. I think One of these cool, releases yeah. came with a screenplay for a movie that was never made. Hey, that's weird. Yeah. It's it's all like I think that whole the boy thing is actually an idea from a script. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. when I first heard Sweatpants, that was like the first song from him I remember really liking. So be, I listened to Because the Internet and it never stuck with me. But even even like Sweatpants made it onto a couple of my random playlists over the years. And then I remember when his next album, Kawhi, came out, I was like, oh, maybe there'll be more of that. And I remember listening to it once and saying, that ain't it. <laughs> and then I listened to these two songs and that ain't it. That's how you, I felt. about. I don't that like one. I don't like either of these. It's just generic pop of the time. I it's not good. It's not memorable. Um Dan will probably have different opinions than me, so I'll let him speak. No, I don't really love this either. I, I mean, we can pretty much move Sober past and it. pop yeah. thieves. Yeah. Okay, next. I have two things I oh. wanted to call out. <laughs> um, one of them is there's, 
I will say in sober, when you get to the bridge, the beat drops to cut time, like halftime. Thought that was really cool. It mm. it became a really powerful focal point of the song. I think the rest of the song is kind of boring, but very interesting, especially for this genre of music to do a significant like beat change like that. Um, and then in Pop Thieves, um, there's like a really interesting editing or production choice that I don't know if you guys picked up on, but he's like, uh, I know you missed this dit love. So the line was going to be, I know you miss this dick. And they yeah. purposely edited it to say love. <laughs> love. I just thought that was funny. That is funny. I didn't notice that. Uh, also, the spoken word outro is really bad. And it's Jaden Smith, which makes it really bad. <laughs> oh, awesome. because on the cover of the album, it said Jaden Smith as the boy. Ah. Yeah. So there you go. That's garbage. Um. All right. So the next three songs were off of, I don't, what's the name of the album? I don't even know. Oh, Arise, man. My Love Whatever. or something. So. I know Redbone. Everybody knows Redbone. That song was on the radio for it was a huge hit. I didn't even know it was Childish Gambino Awaken for probably probably Awaken longer than I should have realized it was. Yeah. Well, like, in your defense, it sounds nothing like any other Childish Gambino. Right. And this wasn't sampled, right? This is just a song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so this is uh, an interpolation of some old 70s stuff. I don't know if you guys are yeah. following that TikTok account, but I love it. No, but this is this is the Mark Ronson effect, I call it, where it's a new song that they're mm. doing in the style of an old song, but it sounds like you've heard it a million times before. So I think it's somewhere between an actual sample and Mark Ronson effect. Look up interpolation. It's this huge thing that's happening, especially in the world of hip hop, but across all pop music, which is exactly what Jeff's saying. They're not sampling, but they're very clearly referencing existing songs. Yeah, right. And... uh because sometimes I to the point the, where they have to give co-writing credit and i didn't even look it up but i, I can't think of the exact song well are you skipping to redbone because there's two other i'm just talking about redbone right now okay. we're going a little bit out of order you are yeah sure. yeah i am for sure but like this guy I used to work with for six and a half years of my life listened to the same r&b station at work and i feel like this is an amalgamation of like three songs um i could tell you that uh ludwig gorenson specifically called out i forget the name of the track but it's a p-funk song okay so it's i called like I bootsy's up. shuffle or something right so yeah this song when i say p-funk i mean parliament funkadelic right. which is interesting because his vocal performance is very res- reminiscent of george clinton he goes to that higher mm-hmm. register soul thing um they asked him like this is another weird thing that i don't know if i like or dislike about donald glover's performance as childish gambino they were like, oh, Redbone is so interesting because you put all those effects on your vocals to pitch change it. And he's like, no, I just sang like a different person. I don't know if I like that or dislike that. Cool <laughs> that you have that ability. Mm. But also, like, is that what your artistry is? Like, are you just, just mimic him? He's just. Yeah, he's just a mocker <laughs> on this song. I'll be George Clinton on the last song. I was Kanye West. Two mm. songs so ago. I, I, was Lil I Wayne. skipped to Redbone just because I had something to say about it. I don't like uh, any of these songs. Oh, I do. No, there. I don't think there is musical crack them up. Musically, they're not bad. Like Dan said, exceptionally overrated. Um, But yeah, I just I don't think we're the audience, though. We are. I honestly think that these hipster dudes, hipster dudes who like vinyl records. I don't think so. One thousand way more racially charged than like three white guys should have. I don't know. Like Uh, with a guy with a guy named Ludwig Gorenson. Yeah, but he likes music. It's for music nerds. Mm. That's first, who it's First for. of all, I don't want to group these three together because I have different takes on you, them. Oh, yeah. you can totally say whatever you want. I have nothing else to say about them. 
Um, I listened to them one time in their entirety and skipped them the second like listen to partial yeah. bits of them I, I don't like them at all. i remember when this album came out and a lot of people were really talking about it and i knew childish gambino from like bonfire like the early shit that's what i'm saying um and i remember when this came out i was like i don't get this <laughs> like i just didn't like understand fully agree yeah but i also have like dated people who have their like hands in this world of like r&b mm-hmm. and soul which is like very much a subgenre that none of us really know that well i enjoy it but i don't know exactly exactly yeah and like this person that i was dating was like throwing out artist names that i've never heard of like there's a whole world that i'm probably the most ignorant of any musical genre and i feel like this is a huge album for those people yeah i mean i was in college when this came out and i was around like a lot of music majors you were the target no, I was not. I was not a music major. And I was around a lot of them. And he's also not a fan of R&B music. No. Um, like, there's there's heavy, like, reaches into, like, that world that feels like he's really, like, digging deep and not just scratching the surface like we've seen with other stuff. Yeah. Um, but then at this point with these three, would you say that these are more of Ludwig albums or Donald albums? Because the highlight is the music. I, I don't agree with that necessarily because Childish Gambino at this point is not rapping. Sure, he's providing his vocals, yeah. but he's not doing anything musically himself. Yeah, the lyrics are like next level, though. Let, can we dig a little bit? You, like, you can, because I don't know what the lyrics said. I don't give a shit. either. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. <laughs> Jeff's sitting here saying Childish Gambino doesn't do enough on these, but I don't know what the lyrics are. Uh, me and your mama, like out of these three, not my favorite, but um I like his performance with the gritty vocals yeah, and very like emotional. his begging and pleading. It reeks yeah. of desperation. Like, let me into your heart. This isn't just puppy love. Like, let's go to the next level. I want more from this relationship. Felt that. Uh, I have a lot to say about Boogeyman. And mm. Jeff, you should look yeah. at these lyrics because the internet has a lot to say about Boogeyman. Uh, this is a really interesting look at something that he does with this is America, which is how can you convey like right. a high complex thought in as minimalist a way as possible? There's, yeah, this felt like a first take of boogie, uh, first take of this is America. Yeah, there's a there's not a lot of words to the song, but he's like stripping down every word is important, and it's a really interesting look at white America's love hate relationship with black people and black culture. Mm-hmm. So. It's about the dichotomy of the boogeyman, which is B-O-G-E-Y man, which is like the scary person that people should fear. That's one way we view black men is like culturally we've been ingrained to view the aggressive, you know, strong black man. But also it's the boogeyman, the B-O-O-G-I-E man, which is let's take their artwork let's take their music and appropriate it and dance to it and have white people cover yeah. it and sell it to white teenagers so i thought that that was like a really interesting concept to explore and also like this dude we saw in the earlier tracks he could have written four verses rapid fire trying to explain this but instead he strips it down and lets you sort of fill in the blanks yourself which i really appreciated yeah i i get that aspect of it too it like I said, it does feel a lot like a like a first attempt at this is America, um, but it definitely does have like a lot of different similar like, themes. Yeah, uh, Redbone for me, this is more of like a groove song. Yeah, um, it's interesting the use of like "Stay Woke," which we interpolate as uh, you know like woke culture, like mm-hmm. keep your eyes open for like racism, sexism, homophobia, stuff like that. Yeah. But really, in the context of the song, it's not about that. 
it's about a dude who's like jealous and he's afraid his girlfriend's going to walk out on him. Right. But I think it gets wrapped up in all those ideas because of its use in Get Out, which Jimmy hasn't seen. But Jeff. Mm. Yeah. Great usage of a I mean, Jordan Peele has some great needle drops in his movies, but this song always makes me think of Get Out. Was this in Get Out? It's the opening song. I only saw Get Out once. Oh, I really liked it. It's a movie that I want to watch again. I just haven't. Yeah, it's the opening track. Nice. So, Jeff, we got through the three songs that you didn't like. Yeah. I know you like the next song. I do like the next song because this is a song that outside of the bubble is a Childish Gambino song to me, even though looking back, he doesn't really have flows in this. It's it's, no, it's more pretty sparse. Just, yeah. yeah, but I love the trap beat. I do love the message Me in it. We've talked about this song before on our playlist roundtable episode. And yep. I feel like we talked about it one more time for some reason. But yeah, it's just a super catchy, just dirty trap beat. Yeah. Um, that's I, I like I like hearing it. It makes my little ear vibey thingies inside my ears go <laughs> woogle 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 in, yeah. in a way that I enjoy. And uh, well, I think he sort of takes ideas from both eras of his career. So yes, he, he takes like the minimalist ideal idea that we heard on the last album. Because, well, again, well, he doesn't actually say a lot. Well, in this like, song. like you said before, he, he's going back into like these genres of music and picking them out, whether it's him or his producer or whatever. But like this song with the video, I can't separate the two. Me neither. So this song has a lot of imagery of slavery. Yeah. It has a, a lot Jim of like, like spiritual chants mm-hmm. um, influenced in this. So especially towards the end, like, yeah with like a boom boom yeah yeah it's it's really interesting i agree with you for me this and the way it was released too as like it's a like video a single first. right yeah there's yeah. it's not i don't think anything. it's on an album this feels like a multimedia like presentation for sure um the juxtaposition again of appropriating black culture but also like belittling black culture is really yeah. in there um it's also like there's some really interesting stuff about the cyclical nature of consumerism in the african-american community which is like Uh, We've instilled this idea in black culture that to be successful or to be whole, you should strive to like own a lot of stuff, own a big house, have a lot of money. And it sort of like becomes this cyclical, like, how do you get that? And how do you reach for that? And I think he's just sort of saying some really interesting stuff about that. Well, I mean, I saw a video deconstructing this when this came out, everything to his hairstyle. Oh, yeah is like a caricature of like how black people were portrayed or by white culture. Yeah. 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 And, like, and if people the, think you're reading too clothes, much into it, the way he was, he wasn't wearing a shirt, the way he was walking, yeah. the way he was dancing, every facial expression. Yeah. Even. Everything was to the T there for a reason. It's and it, crazy. Yeah. At some point I've seen stuff like that and I've thought like, Oh, they're reading too much into this, but, with him, I don't. No, you're no. you're actually getting. And also later on, he makes reference to it. Like there's a lyric in an upcoming song on this where he talks about feeling like Fella Cootie. And Fella Cootie is clearly who he's referencing in the look of the This Is America video with those slacks, no shirt and gold chains. Well, in the video, he was specifically imitating. I forgot the character's name. It was Jim Crow, the original Jim Crow. I know what you're talking about. Those poses. And all that stuff. I mean, even before that, but yeah. He I did mean, all that on the SNL performance, too, that was like incredibly similar. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so Fel- like it's all intentional. That was Fellow Cootie, but I think that Fellow Cootie just dressed how Nigerians in the 70s dressed. Yeah, no, but I think he's making a reference, especially there. there's a lot of like Afrobeat influences in this yeah. song. Anyways, Summertime Magic, 
different vibe. Very different vibe. <laughs> yeah, it is. He put out this uh, two-song EP, digital only, called The Summertime Pack. It's summertime magic. Feels like summer. Think we could talk about these together. Sure. Um, to me, this feels like a vacation for him. This isn't a lot of context, uh, content. It's more about vibes. Uh, it is, yeah. It's, and it's not a bad vibe either. No, I, think I, I think dig it. Good, I yeah. think this is a good, like, cruising around in the summer. Yeah. Um, I skipped EP. both partway through. I didn't listen to the whole songs. I didn't like them. So you're missing out. For me, okay. Summertime Magic doesn't have I a think lot of I got the. I think I got all of what I needed to get from what I heard. I don't think that halfway through they both changed into a completely different song that I enjoyed. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, Summertime Magic is about the music, like the kettle steel drums, the sound of uh, yeah. the backing vocals, the way they're compressed and stuff like I that. I think that what you like is done better by other people that's fine i'm not saying I no i know it. i'm just telling yeah. you my opinion so for me these songs don't do anything because i've heard better well it feels like summer is interesting because it it grows upon the the previous track but it also like sneakily has some like dark thoughts which is that if you actually get into the lyrics it's like it feels like summer because the world is heating up and like he talks about massive death of bees there's just a lot of global catastrophes well, that are like referenced. Let me ask you this. If the world is heating up, how come it's been 14 degrees for the last two months, Dan? Anecdotal evidence. <laughs> yeah. But what I've seen is the truth, and there is no other facts that can deny that. Yeah. This kind of felt to me, Dan, like that Father John Misty EP. Exactly, yeah. Pure like, comedy. Yeah, pure comedy stuff. It's like, we're going to take all these really dark things Oh, excuse me about the world we're in and the world we're headed to and package them in a like a real fun yeah beach vibe yeah um the next couple songs are all newer um algorithm well i mean they're not they're still like from 2015 or something they're still pretty old aren't they i, I thought know. this album was 2020 yeah oh. this oh, oh i'm wrong i'm wrong yeah. i'm wrong um so because this album is 315 2020 or whatever yeah yeah didn't kendrick lamar do that too release a secret album and then he did untitled all the track names were just numbers or something uh i forget what they were but yes something like that it it feels like you're just not putting effort into something well not every track was numbers because this track algorithm was like a single um i love this song i think the production on is really interesting um I liked it at first, but then it changed and I didn't like it. It's got a harder edge. It's like very digital sounding. Reminds me of like not fully nine inch nails, but there's some like Trent Reznor vibes, like the early use of like saw synth sounds. It reminded me of like Corpse Husband. I don't know if you guys are familiar. No. Corpse Bride? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, It also pairs well with what the lyrics are, which is that like has our technology progressed to the point where it's more trouble than it's worth? Yeah. And like, have we created a technological prison cell for ourselves to live in, which is dark. Yeah, that's dark. Beep, boop. We're all looking at our phones. Beep, boop. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's it feels really experimental and I don't like any of the songs. Any of these three. You can't sing to them. Can't dance to them. Can't vibe to them. I don't know. I liked I liked all of these. Forty seven, forty eight. I think it's interesting it's sort of like a soulful song about trying to uplift the spirit of kids, even though this world is kind of effed up, like you could still find moments of love and enjoyment. And then I really thought it was sweet that he talks to his real son at the end about like, what do you love? And like the pure innocence of kids, like just to capture that moment where he's like, mm-hmm. I love mommy. I love daddy. I love myself. And he's like, do you love yourself? Does mommy love yourself? Love herself. 
I thought that was just a sweet song. Yeah, Jeff probably didn't get to that point. No, um, I didn't listen to all of them. <laughs> Jeff, you would appreciate as a new dad that outro because it's really sweet. And he actually makes no, I, I listened to, to them once through, but I didn't dig into the lyrics. Um, I think, yeah, in 5349, there's an interesting lyric where he's like, yeah, I love myself, which is kind of interesting because on the previous track, not just on our playlist, but on the album, right. it ends with him saying like, yeah, I love myself. Like, we should all love ourselves. Um. This one like gave me big Stevie Wonder vibes. This track. Oh yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't know. I I kind of like where he's ended up. Like, sure, the earlier songs are more clever. Uh, they're funnier. They're faster. You can respect it. Uh, you can bop your head to it. But these songs feel really mature. Like he's gone from, um, I don't know. Like the message of this song is he got rich and famous off things that he now regrets. Like a lot of that stuff, like weirdo. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that stuff in the earlier songs was pretty problematic. And now he's a father and he's, you know, happier in a better place in his life. And he's like, I, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I, I respect that. He's he's made positive changes. Some of the falsetto in this song is a little cartoony, but yeah, overall, it feels pretty joyful. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not super in love with his newer stuff. Um, I mean, if I was to be talked into it or not, like, I don't know if I like really love the direction that he's going. Um, with um, this is America. I was really hoping for something different, like going forward, and it's just not really living up to what I was hoping for. I could see that. I mean, I'll talk more in my overall thoughts. But yeah. The last song, Jeff, Jimmy, um, I threw this on there just because this is like the most really recent thing. This yeah. came out in 2021, I think. Maybe 22. It's it's pretty recent. Um, Brittany Howard of the Alabama Shakes, she has a solo album. And, oh, okay. And she released this other album, which is basically people covering songs from that solo album. Mm. So this is Childish Gambino's version of Stay, Stay High. Um, I did listen to it in correlation with the original and I have some thoughts on that, but what did you guys think of it just as a song? I don't remember it. I liked it. Um, I was interested in listening to the other song. I just haven't had the time for it. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was good. I thought it was different uh, from everything else that he's been doing recently. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to hear. Just like a straight up song. It's not a rap. It's not like. Yeah, it's it's no trap or anything. It's soulful. It reminds me of like Temptations and some girl yep. group stuff, but it's done with. Um, like electric pianos and synths yeah things like that um if you listen to the original it's very like smoky and like acoustic guitars Mm -hmm. and like lo-fi and he he basically like an interesting interpretation that he does is a lot of things that people change when they do covers is like the tempo yeah and the arrangement and stuff like that he he changes the arrangement but he keeps the the tempo and the melody like exactly the same so like Mm -hmm. that like rhythmic nature of this song where it keeps chugging along is in the Brittany Howard version, but he like really cleans it up and he takes it from this like sultry soulful thing Mm -hmm. to being like this really polished, uh, stuff with dense vocal harmonies. It's really rich and lush, which I appreciated. It it was just interesting to me. It felt like he really like did an interesting interpolation of it rather than just like a cover. Mm. All right. Overall thoughts, fellas. It's not what I expected. <laughs> it kind it kind of is. It kind mm-hmm. of is what I expected, but there was more of the unexpected than I expected. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was about what I expected too because um I have had 
I've tried to make deep dives on Childish Gambino. Um, I remember when I, I don't think I was like a fan of like the early stuff when it was coming out, but I remember like when people were talking about Gambino, I was like, oh, I should check out his stuff. And I remember listening to their earlier stuff. I'm like, wow, this stuff like really rips and like the newer stuff I just couldn't really get into. And I'm kind of in the same boat now. Um, I appreciate that he can like grow and evolve and like change out his style. Like, I think that's really uh, cool. And I think it takes a lot of balls, too, because like if especially if well, I'm sure he doesn't have to worry about money anymore. But if you're like a working artist and you're like willing to change up your well, the, entire the life. The thing is, is that this at first, if this failed, it failed. Right. He was a successful actor right. on a sitcom. He didn't need this anyway. So it's easier <clears throat> to take that risk yeah. to change your style. If this yeah. was his sole source. I mean, of he income, also does have a reputation, though, that he wants to up now. I'm sure. Now he does. Yeah. Because yeah. of this. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I, it still takes a lot of balls to do that kind of stuff, though. Like if I were to, if I were to like, hey, guys, I'm going to be a musician now and I just like can do sorry, shitty. Jim. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> like that's that's not going to be good for my reputation. Right. Well, no, people just wouldn't even realize like Johnny Depp is still yeah. successful and he's a shitty musician. Yeah, but he has a shitty reputation now. So to speak to that and also to what Jimmy says, my overall thought is that like most of what I was exposed to Childish Gambino was through my sister, whose favorite Childish Gambino album is Camp, which is like way back. That's yeah. before because of the internet. So I knew Camp and then I knew like Redbone, basically. Yeah. And this is America. So for me, the juxtaposition of those two genres was very abrupt. Yeah. So listening to this playlist was cool because you do hear more of an evolution. You do, yeah. More of an integration of like soul music, R&B music, melody, things like that. Um, and to speak to your point, not only does it take balls and you can argue whether there was a great risk or not, it takes creativity. You got to yeah. give him that. Oh yeah. A lot of people sound like one thing because that's all they can do. Right. And, and I will give it to him because other actors turn musicians. Drake came to mind while listening to this because mm. Drake was also in like some very successful sitcom Degrassi. Yep. But Drake sucks. Sure, he's famous. Not to the world. I know, but yeah. he makes pop songs, but they're bad. Also, arguably, like, if you love Drake for what he is, that's great. Good for you. But he's, but he's not evolving. He's right. Jake Drake on every album. Well, yeah, yeah, he's not making risks. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, do I think that it, it takes financial balls? No, he's no. in a place where he doesn't do that. But to speak to Jimmy's point of reputation, he's also someone who, like, fought to earn a reputation as a real rapper and he's and now he doesn't rap yeah well he's taking the risk i i can't help but feel like this partnership he's developed with ludwig gorenson has think, allowed him to travel to like whole new areas that he didn't initially hear me explore. out do you think that he's like all right i'm rapping and now i'm in i'm evolving i'm slowly turning into who i am now or do you think that he can't rap anymore no, he, he can't think, think of anything. Case. I don't know, this man. This is America wasn't that long ago. But this is America isn't really a rap. There's no flow in it. This is America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go into this. this oh, is there's a, a flow. It's just not There aggressive. is, but it's. But what I mean is that it's a lot, I don't want to say easier to do, because you also have to create it and then perform it. Yeah. But do you think that, just like Weirdo, we said he tried stand-up. Maybe he couldn't think of anything else. Never did another special. Do you think like he he loves rap? He tried rap. He imitated what he could, and now he just like he, he oh, maybe one song, two songs every five years. Th that's all he could come up with. I have a hot take. What's your take? Um, I think rapping was too easy for him. 
I think he was just way too good. Uh, Jeff puts so much emphasis on like the difficulty of the rhyme and stuff like that that I I don't it's know if I'd writing. go so far as Jimmy. Oh, that's all you do. No, because performing it is first it you is, have to yeah. write it, then you have to match it to music, you have to perform it. I can't do that. I've made a few joke rap songs that aren't good. Like I, I've you attempted could, it, but, but you're probably going to be closer to his doing like his earlier stuff than doing what he's doing now, though. I agree with Jimmy. Uh, I, I think the newer stuff is way more difficult and takes a lot more like passion and like yeah, writing and emotionality and also like this is a totally different genre of music. But like the, you can write a song about wanting to f- people like sorry, that's Jimmy. that's very easy to do. Uh, yeah agree uh, to, to sort of like paraphrase bruce springsteen like he basically has said in the past that if you listen to like his first three albums it's way easier to write a thousand words right. about a subject than it is to distill those i same ideas down to like 50 words right um i don't personally care to engage with either of those when it comes to childish gambino i think in his head childish gambino gambino is the label that he slap, slaps on whatever music he wants yeah, to do. And that's why that. he sounds like everything and nothing all at once. Um, there's been multiple times in his career that people have been like, is Childish Gambino over? Because he does take big breaks. Mm. But as we can see. But he see, also films movies. Right. So, he, I mean. He, when he feels like putting out music, he's Childish Gambino. I don't think there's really right. any need to like delve deeper than that. It's like. If we're considering Donald Glover a true artist, which at this point I'm willing to make that commitment. Yeah. When he feels inspired to create art, I don't think he's as concerned with putting it in a box of hip hop, R&B, yeah, soul. No, that's fine. He's just like, I think with Arise or Awaken My Love, whatever the hell it's called, he was like, this is what I'm into right now. Me and Lug- Ludwig are like listening to P-Funk and doing this and let's make an album of this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, I am too. I mean... Can we all just uh, let's let's answer the question. Yeah. Were we talked into Childish Gambino? Three, two, one. No. Yes. No. That Um, was clear. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, as I was writing notes, I was like, they're going to know I'm a no. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm a no right away because we don't do that. But I mean, the the two songs that I knew and liked before this, I still know and like there's not one song on this playlist that I will listen to again. Um, It it feels only a Sith deals in absolute. (laughs) No, but even. Even the stuff that I enjoyed, the earlier stuff, the more da 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 like Jimmy I'm said. I'm a venereal disease. Yeah, like a menstrual bleed. <laughs> yeah, all of that kind of stuff. I like more than the stuff now. M- musically, I, I the stuff now is, I get it. I understand it. I don't enjoy listening to it. But the entire, his whole discography, if you just look at this, last episode we talked about um he's a jack of all trades is he a master of none right we don't know you might feel differently if you look at just his music i think he can do all of these genres okay they're fine but does he master one of them does he master hip-hop does he master trap does he master soul does he master r&b and the answer is no well i think his early stuff scratches you where you itch and that's why you appreciate it more i appreciate it more but i still don't Sorry, yeah. Jim. Like, it's not it's not the greatest thing ever. The song Sweatpants, I think, is really good. The song This Is America, I think, is really good. And like I just said, it's not even really, like, rappy. It's not super clever. I think you're in, getting... In the way that he performs it. I enjoy everything else about the song. Even Redbone, like, that's a vibe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a moody song. I enjoy that. But I don't know, man. Just overall, like, this was such a long playlist. You could have... You didn't know. Don't say you you, you didn't know, but 
had somebody curated this, it's twice as long as it needs to be. There's a lot of redundancy. Twice. Yeah, there's a lot of redundancy in it. You could have cut out half the earlier song. I think, Jeff, in my opinion, you're getting a little bogged down in trying to figure out what Childish Gambino is. You're right. But I also said I also divided it into pieces. Am I talking to Childish Gambino as a rapper? No. Am I talking to him as a soul singer? No. I think that's kind of your problem. Is it? Well, here's my opinion. I If I look at it like you segmented and look at it track by track, I could see your opinion. Like there's not as many like life changing songs in this. But if I look at it as like throwing on a playlist and like hearing the scope of his range and, and things and like that. I understand that. I can see how people I can do want to listen to it more. That's awesome. I'm not That's trying. I'm, I'm not yes. trying to talk you. No, out I know. Of I'm it. just saying why. I'm but my for me, this video. was a playlist and I didn't even want to listen to it a second time. Like That's I was fine. like, I have to listen to this again to try to like come up with mm. something to say and i feel I like was upset about it <laughs> when it comes to an artist that's this different track to track you kind of do have to go off your gut reaction of do right. i want to continue to listen yeah, so it's on multiple things i've said this before for different things do i want to listen to the songs as songs individually again no i don't do i care about where he started and where he ended up no i don't just as songs will i add any of these to another playlist the answer is no I went into this knowing and liking two songs. I'm leaving it knowing and liking two songs. So I'm not trying to change your opinion. That's where I stand. Jimmy, where do you fall on it? Uh, It came down to if I would listen to more Childish Gambino if it came out and I would. I would too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I'm, I'm at. Like I'd listen to a new song. I like, if I like it. I like yeah, it. But. I like his earlier stuff a lot better. Um, I definitely do appreciate the work and, uh, everything that he does with his, his newer stuff, especially like <laughs> this is America. And like, I thought is the last album, the one that came out in 2020 was good. At least from the song. Right. I, I don't think to. it's critically acclaimed. I liked right. it more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, it's definitely different and I I'm interested to see where he goes with different music. I don't love where he's going with me music but i think it's different and interesting and i respect I don't know. the guy I, and it's, it's just it's not that a musician has to be innovative or like start a new thing that's true but it, he's not doing that and i feel like he's just making music that he likes but not making it as good mm. so he's just mimicking other genres and not pulling it off as well as those genres if he was like hey i'm making soul music now and it's the best fucking soul music you've ever heard that's fine, but he's not doing that to me. Well, to you. To me. I also would argue that although we didn't love his most recent album, it may be his most creatively unique. It does feel different than a lot of his inspirations. Um, so here's the thing. For me, like to close it up, I think uh, not my favorite thing in the world, but I think there's enough meat on the bone that the stuff that I liked, mm-hmm. which for me, my favorite stuff was actually the middle era, like because the internet, I mm-hmm. thought, was like a cool mix of hip hop with catchy melodies and choruses. I think there's enough there that I can delve into that and get more into Childish Gambino. It's interesting, too, because we like a lot of music and we appreciate a lot of music and we're more open to a lot of genres of music mm-hmm. more than somebody who listens to the radio instead of Spotify or Apple Music, right? So it's interesting because I don't know if, you know, the the average person who heard a Childish Gambino rap song it was it even played on rap radio or was it just like pitchfork people that are like this is really good hip-hop and like do those people also like the new stuff or do the new people who are really into soul care about the old, old music like, i don't know like if- when you play like Redbone on the radio is somebody that would like that 
would they listen to camp and be like, yes, I also like this. So I don't know if it's verbalized as much as we just spent the last hour doing, but I do know that he, his audience is pretty segmented. Like just from the little bit of research that I did trying to put this playlist together, there are no pun intended camps of childish Gambino fans who are like all about one album. Like my sister is all about camp. Like that's her favorite album. Right. There's tons of people who are like, because the internet is the greatest. There's tons of people who are like awaken my love or, I still can't remember the name of that album, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. He's not like, um, I mean, every band, he's not a crossover artist. Every, every right? artist, or I guess he is. Yeah. But yeah. every artist has people, you know, their favorite albums, but some of them, it's not that big of a deal. Like yeah. strike anywhere. Yeah. You could like one album. I could like another, but it's not it's a big the same deal. album. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with childish Gambino, people are like, this is my childish Gambino right. album. And I think it's a testament to like, if we liked it or not, it sparked a conversation between all of us again, like true agree with that, Jimmy. Yeah. If, if an artist's job is to elicit an emotional response from the viewer, listener, whatever success. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I pretty much feel about it. All right. Week three of Donald Glover coming up next. Yeah. Five weeks of Donald Glover from Dan. Look at that. Um, yeah. Next week, just from Dan, we all agreed on it. What, what, what do we have next week? don't remember it's community yeah you already oh. we're, the episode's already recorded so <laughs> next week we are very lucky to have a special guest a yeah. very talented donald glover is gonna be on our show <laughs> wouldn't that be a coup if yeah. i just secretly arranged donald glover no guys we never even attempted we probably should have yeah we should have tried we don't think enough of ourselves <laughs> no i do try for some people that we probably will never get but i think jimmy and i learned a lesson from our guests which i'm gonna just tell everyone is jen the host and creator of the community rewatch podcast who better to come talk us into right community. yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, she's had some big guests on the Community Rewatch podcast, yeah. so maybe we need to get out there a little bit or shoot for the stars when it comes to guests. The, the saddest moment of my life is when I asked Tony Clifton to come on our show, and he said no. <laughs> yeah. That's that's I'm, not a big ask. I've, <laughs> that's a that's a very a very low on the totem pole of celebrity ask. Oh, I've gotten further. I've gone back and forth with Tony Clifton's management. To the point where he yeah. was demanding money. <laughs> oh, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Him. But, you know, <laughs> we can't pay him as much as Tony Clifton demands. <laughs> nice. Like Dan's, Dan's had whack packers. Yeah. Come on here. You know, I've, sh- I've shot my shot a few times. Sometimes yeah. it worked out better than others. Anyways, we shot our shot with Jen from the Community Rewatch podcast, and she was nice enough to join us. Jeff, you weren't able to make it to this episode due to scheduling conflicts, but Jimmy, I think we had a great time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Learning about community from Jen. So we're going to put in the show notes which episode she asked us to watch uh, and check it out next week. In the meantime, Jimmy, where can people find us online? You can find the podcast. I just heard the bed in my head. That was weird. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. No, wow. that's not. That's what are you, an <laughs> editor or something? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Uh, you can find the podcast at Talk Me Into <laughs> on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com, where you can uh, suggest some different things. Suggest a themed month that we should do. That would be really cool. Uh, we have a few that are already lined up, but it's going to be fun. You can also follow our show, So Discussions, on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. You can also follow us on TikTok at Talk Me Into T O C or T O K Me Into. That's that's the joke. Uh, yeah, find us all on those social media platforms. 
Jeff, where can people find you personally online? You can find me on Twitter.com slash J-E-F-F. FFF27 for the listeners at home I was nodding my head yeah he was nodding his head he he says dot com a lot yeah I'm on Twitter tweeting about Doctor Who when it's relevant um and prevalent prevalent (laughs) and other things that I enjoy uh not Childish Gambino sorry guys (laughs) Dan where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter.com under the name Danny underscore breakdown tweeting about Childish Gambino and check out my band Maybe we'll be featured on the next Childish Gambino album. We're Disqualifier. You can find us wherever you listen to music. Jimmy? You can find me at Son of a Fitch on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I don't really do Twitter or uh, Instagram right now. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. Yeah. I'm better than you. I've just, only got 10 months to go until we get to see Jimmy Fish's, Jimmy Fish's vlogs. Jimmy yeah. Fish. Oh, that would be Jimmy the Fish. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy the Tongue. The fish. Jimmy the Tongue. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at YouTube.com slash Son of a Fitch. Maybe I'll make some more YouTube videos. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you online? Dan, we already did it. We're already done. We're done. We're, We're done. done. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Holding in your Duncan for 35 minutes because you got to pee. <laughs> Jeff telling us that it's not ideal. <laughs> I'm recording. I got very close to accidentally doing a Dante and having everything set up, but recording from my laptop microphone. Oh, God. I was like, how come I'm turning the volume up and my wave like pattern is still very small? Uh, oh, boy. I'm recording. All right. Well, I'm recording now, too. I'm All recording. Right. Should we clap? Yeah. Three, two, one. I may have been Very a hair cool. early on that, Jim. Okay. Let's do it again. All right. Three, two, one. That okay. 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 Who's bringing us in? I can bring it in. All right. We'll go Jimmy, Dan, Jeff. Sure. Thanks. You want to talk ourselves it? into? Sure. <clears throat> Fellas, this is oh, the wait. segment. You started the episode, didn't you? No, I did. Oh, I don't know. Okay. That was really cool what you just did there, Jeff. That really just helped do it over. confidence. Just do it over. You shouldn't have confidence. You suck. You're nothing. You're nobody. You'll never amount to anything. Is that what your parents used to tell you, Jeff? Yeah, that's why I I listened to them and, <laughs> and I followed the the path that they laid down before me. You'll never amount to anything in the history of Hill Valley. <laughs> Nice. That's all I got. There's, it's boring as f***. Sorry, Jim. I like it. I like air frying. Can that be the cold open? Jimmy saying I like air frying. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you type Donald Glover into this, it comes up with Childish Gambino. So it is, it's not just random. That is cool. I like that. Calling her from now on on the show instead of Jeffrina. You tough bastard. I think I might have to take a poop. Pew, did someone fart? Nope. No. You smell that, though? Yeah, I got to take a shit. Sorry. <sighs> he who spelt it, dealt it. Yeah. <laughs>
I didn't you guys fart. smell shit? Yeah, I have to shit. <laughs> oh, it's Jeff. This is one of ours. Oh, that's not right, Jeff. Right, Jeff. Righteous, brah. Right said Jeff. You guys watching Righteous Job Stouts? Do you want to do the intro no. to community right now? Uh, no. Let's just do Gambino. I'm already in Gambino. Okay. Me. You guys watching Righteous yeah. Stouts? No. Hell yeah. It's good, dude. It's good. Euphoria it's good. is f***ing great this season. Haven't even watched the specials. Are we really waiting for Jeff to look up Sydney Sweeney's boobas? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's still doing it, huh? Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, that's <laughs> from a movie called The Voyeurs. Oh, yeah, that's something different. I want to see that movie, actually, not just for that, but because it seems cool. I like that. I like that. I think those are fakes. Why would you make fakes when there's real ones out there? Okay. (laughs) Because the internet. Oh, he said the thing. (laughs) Jimmy's like, what? Town, this Gambino, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. There's a song, though, that we listen to, yo. Guys, that was improvisational. I did not plan that. You're a great tell. improviser. Thank you very much. It. I rap battle sometimes and I lose every single time. Cool. I end up crying and leaving. <laughs> he just goes, Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> That's a Dave I just Chappelle joke. Different kinds of pastas. Oh, I wish I didn't just reference Dave Chappelle. He's great, dude. Yeah. I see sure. your Harry Potter collection over here right behind me. On- oh, boy. <laughs> Dan loves turfs. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Is he even a turf or is he just a straight up transphobe? Who? Chappelle? Yeah. Yeah, he's a straight up transphobe. Okay. I guess they're the same thing. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) That should all be cut or put at the end at least. (laughs) Let's let's come back with with an appropriate opening. Jimmy, I will counter that and ask you to put it as the cold opening. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Me Into this week. We're talking ourselves, basically. What are we... Into Childish Gambino. Oh, yeah. That was a very weird, dumb way to introduce this. Well, you do it. Eh. I did, and then you got mad because... We're... You went on a tangent about turfs. No, you did. You brought it up. You said it, and then I just went with what your dumbass was saying. I didn't say turf. Jimmy did. Okay. What? Anyway. I did it. Okay. Let's... Someone did. Jimmy, third time's a try. <laughs> you Mark it, it, Jim. Mark it. Yeah, Jimmy, you bring it in. <laughs> 